path in the winter. I, I needed that, man. I just, it is good to give thanks unto the Lord. I, golly. I was a worship leader before I became a preacher. And uh, man, we, I'm, I'm back in them old days years ago when people rocked the house. I mean, you didn't, you came to church, you had to be ready to sweat when you showed up at our church. We had a grand time. I want you to take your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah, if you're well-educated, Isaiah, if you're from Alamance County. Isaiah chapter 61. All right. We sang a song about the precious Holy Spirit there. I love him dearly. If you ever met him, you'd love him. And uh, I want to talk tonight about the precious Holy Spirit. I just want to do one thing tonight. This will be sort of like the introduction. I'm going I'm to pretend that nobody's ever heard of him him. It's a him before. And this is going to be introduction to the precious Holy Spirit tonight. And I want to talk tonight. Uh, it's going to be a little bit offensive, but it'll be all right. It's just us tonight. And um, I want to talk tonight about will the real Holy Spirit please stand up. I'm going to give you a tool tonight to help you for the rest of your life. And I want you to go back to the book on this thing. Is anybody here old enough to remember what's my line? I keep forgetting. This is a senior church. Years ago, there was a show on TV called What's My Line? And they'd have uh, somebody that was, he'd done something big time, sort of famous, but he wasn't well, well known around. All right. And they'd have three uh, people, they'd have three celebrities on one side and they'd have three people on the other side. And one of these three people had done something really big time. And, but all of them claimed to be uh, Rufus Smell Fungus. You know, he'd, he'd done something big time. And they'd all say, my name's Rufus Smelfer. They'd all say the same thing. Well, then the, the deal was these people sitting over here, these uh, celebrities, usually actors, they had to ask questions of these three people and try and figure out who was telling the truth. And, you know, they, they'd ask the questions back and forth. And the last thing they said in the show was, will the real Rufus Smell fungus please stand up? And, you know, they, and finally it'd be this guy over here and none of them had picked him or they'd all picked him. And uh, I just want to talk tonight about will the real Holy Spirit please stand up? Uh, a lot of confusion today about the one who lights my heart up, draws us to Jesus, heals our broken heart, touches us so much. A lot of, there's so much confusion in the church. I'm just talking to church folks tonight. So much confusion in the church about the Holy Spirit. Why? There's no confusion about Jesus much. People know who he was. They know why he came. They know what he did. There's not much confusion about the Father, but there's just craziness about the precious Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is the presence of God in the earth. Yeah. He's here. He's actually the only God working in the earth today. When you see Jesus was in the house, well, that's correct, but it really was the Holy Spirit. And he's the presence of God in the earth that warms the human heart, heals it, delivers it. He's just, he's, just, he's God working in the earth. He's wonderful. A lot of confusion. And uh, let me tell you why I think there's confusion about him today. And let me say this first. He is the only hope of humanity. He, he's not an option. Uh, and by that, I mean, listen to what the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 12. No man can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You can't get saved till he comes and draws you in. He's the one who brings us to Jesus. He's the one who we are baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. So he's the only hope of salvation on the earth. He, he's the only, he's our fuel that we run on once we come to him too. And one of the greatest messages, people just don't get it today. There's a guy in the Bible uh, two books deal with him, Haggai, Zechariah. And uh, he, was, he was supposed to be building the temple and doing this stuff. And they got so tired and so worn out and they just got discouraged and quit. Picture what's going on in people's lives today. All of a sudden he had this vision uh, of, of olive trees going into a gold lamp 
And uh, the prophet said to him, do you not understand this? He said, no. He said, this is the word of the Lord. Here's the word of the Lord, Zerubbabel. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit. And that is the message of God. It's by his spirit. It's not supposed to be by human energy. It's not supposed to be by toughen up. The power of God is in the earth today to help people. And that's the precious Holy Spirit. He's the only one who can bring us to him. He's the only one who can get us through life. And he's just wonderful. So let me tell you something. The enemy of my soul knows that. The enemy of all people knows that because he knows his Bible. And let me tell you why I think there's so much confusion about him today. Because the counterfeiter knows it. You ever heard the devil called the counterfeiter? You should. Turn me to 2 Corinthians 11. Never mind Isaiah. Turn me to 2 Corinthians 11. I want you to see something. Guess what counterfeiters do? Bingo. Counterfeiters counterfeit. I want you to look at, you know, we've heard about Satan coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me show you what he comes to do. This is 2 Corinthians 11. Look with me in verse 14. No wonder. Satan, this is 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. No wonder Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. What? What does that mean he transforms himself into an angel of light? He counterfeits God in your life. Yes. He comes pretending to be God. He comes pretending to be Jesus. Listen to me. And he comes pretending to be the Holy Spirit in the earth. But he's a counterfeit. And it goes on to say in the next verse, therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers, you think Satan's got ministers? Right there it calls them. His ministers transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. So now I've not only got a counterfeiter in the earth, I got fake preachers. The whole point is the counterfeiter counterfeits the Holy Spirit in the earth. You say, why would he do that? Well, he knows he's the hope of life. I'm gonna give you four reasons he does that. Number one, he confuses. Satan is the master of confusion. First Corinthians 14, 33 says this, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And if there's confusion somewhere, guess who's behind it? He's the great confuser and he confuses people. I pray I don't offend you not. I might as well go ahead and start. There's so much confusion about the precious, wonderful, tender, life-giving Holy Spirit. And, and let me tell you what he does. He presents this weirdoness that scares everybody to death to keep people from wanting to be around the Holy Spirit. You ever met anybody that's just weird? Years ago, Katie and I lived on Highway 64 in Siler City, an old farmhouse. I had this old Jeep I used to run around in. I decided to sell it. I put it out in front of the farmhouse on Highway 64 there. <clears throat> Cold winter day. I'm out there on the porch one day doing something and a guy pulls up and he comes walking out there and uh, he's looking at it. So I walk up there. I said, how you doing? He said, fine. He's looking a little bit. He, finally, he looks at me real funny. I'll never forget his head was like this. He said, are you a follower of Jesus? I said, yep, <laughs> I am. And then it got even weirder. And then he got, he got real close to me and he said, makes me nervous people walk close to me. He said, have you gone all the way? I said, I'm married. Of course I've gone all the way. What do you think? I'm sorry. I just love to jerk them people's chains. He was so off the wall with this. He said, you need all of the Oh, like an old Dodge trying to get cranked. Oh, I said, you want the Jeep or not, Doc? Let's go. I'm, I'm, the Holy Spirit's not weird. 
You said, well, now, so-and-so, she, you know, my aunt, she's got the Holy Spirit. She talks about him and she's weird. Listen to me. She was weird before she got him. Amen. She'll be weird after she loses him. She's just weird. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being unkind. I'm just saying there's so much bad advertising. He, there's nothing scary about him. He's precious. I've, through the years I've had these ladies, none in this church, it's perfect church. Oh, my first church I'm trying to learn. And I just want them ladies, she just, she's just weird. And she just do weird stuff. And I'm trying to come up to church one morning. Here she comes running, pastor, pastor, pastor. She said, in the middle of the night, I woke up last night and flown through my heart and mind was the word shalanaka. Shalanaka. She said, what does that say to you? And I thought, you really want to know? I said, honey, shalanaka don't say nothing to me. I need to get to church. And, and just, oh, just, oh, he's not weird. I just want you to know he's not weird. If people are weird with him, they was weird without him. I just, I'm trying to help you here. The enemy wants to frighten people away from the precious Holy Spirit. Satan wants to frighten people away from the source of life. And he's using crazy stuff in the earth to do it. And uh, unfortunately, as we've seen, Satan is disgusting people in the name of the Holy Spirit because of wickedness and sin in the lives of people who claim it. The Holy Spirit is a holy spirit. He's pure. He's beautiful. He, He doesn't hurt people. And he don't do sin. He's good. He's just good. So he just burns the ground in order. They say, well, I think they got the devil. On occasion, but most time it's just weird flesh. It's just, it's just human weirdness. Who am I to be talking about weird? But it's just human weirdness sometimes. So I just want to say that and get it out of the way. If you ever meet him, you will grab him and run to him forever. You, you would love this man. He's just... He's just so wonderful. All right, let, let's settle this issue. I want to help you tonight. There's a primary passage in the Bible, one passage that clarifies and identifies who the Holy Spirit is. There's no passage like it. It's the primary passage. And uh, let, let me, I just, let me get a little edgy here. Bible is truth. Amen. I, I don't care what you felt. I don't care what you thought. Bible is truth. Right. We're living in a day where there's one standard of truth. It's the Bible. And we have got to anchor everything back to the Bible. I've had people say, I know what the Bible says, but I know what I experienced. I'm sorry. Dear ones, the, the book is it. Okay. Anchor everything in the book. I've, I've been trained in my old age. I just automatically, when somebody says something, I just think, where's that at? Where's that? Where's that? At? Where's that at? Anchor it in the Bible. Cause these are days of great deception. And I want you to look with me. <clears throat> Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61. This is the great passage. I love this passage. All right. If somebody, you go to preach and this man claims to have the Holy Spirit and he beats you up and you leave feeling like trash, that's not the Holy Spirit in this Bible right here. He don't treat people like that. He is good. And I want you to use this passage for the rest of your life to clarify who he is and what he does. This is just, oh, this is wonderful. All right, you ever heard of this before? Isaiah 61 says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Y'all know what anointing is? In the old covenant, you anointed people. It's simply meant to pour out on. Uh, To be a priest back then, you had to be anointed. And to be anointed, they'd have a ceremony. You put your white robes on. 
And for instance, like Joshua was, they would anoint you with oil and they would, they would have the ceremony, they'd pray, and then they would pour the oil on your head, over your head. And as Psalm 132, 31 says, it runs down your garments, it drips off the end of your garments. People back then, were, they, we ordained people by praying for back then they anointed you. And yet they poured the oil on you. It was, and an ephah is a gallon and a half. They'd pour a gallon and a half of uh, olive oil on your head. It'd just run all down you, run off. That, that was a picture of, I will pour out my spirit. And the oil was a picture of the Holy Spirit coming on people, which then the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to help people. Got it? All right, listen to this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has what? Anointed. He's anointed me. He's enabled me. Who's talking right here? Now, Isaiah wrote it. Remember, this is 700 years before Jesus came to earth. And this is a, every Jew back then knew, this is a prophecy of Messiah. They're talking about Jesus here. And this is what Jesus will do when he comes, Jesus will help us. And every Jew waited for the Messiah. They had, these are called uh, messianic prophecies. This is one right here. All right, so you got that. The spirit of the Lord, Isaiah prophesies it. And then he lists all the things he'll do. I want you to turn there to Luke chapter four. Let's see if somebody else said this somewhere. Follow me in this here, Luke chapter four. And every person back then that went to temple, they knew this passage well. And every Jew prayed, come today. They wanted their Messiah to come. They wanted him to come save them. That's what Hosanna, you ever heard the word Hosanna in singing? It's Hebrew, save us now. And people would beg for Messiah to come. And this was the prophecy. 700 years later, watch what happens. All right, now let me tell you where we're at in Luke chapter four. Jesus is born, virgin birth. Uh, he goes home with his mother and father. He grows up, nothing unusual about Jesus. He's the son of God, but you'd have not known him from any other boy or any other man for 30 years. He works with his father. Joseph had an untimely death, no doubt. Because we know by scripture that by the time Jesus was 30, it mentions all of his family, but Joseph was gone. So Joseph apparently died a young man and Jesus grows up. Uh, and he, he, he's, a, we think carpenter, you think about a house builder, Joseph built furniture. I mean, Jesus built furniture. And so he's a, he's got a little furniture shop, maybe in front of his house and he lives in the back and no big deal, 30 years old. At 30 years old, something happens. He goes and we're going to see that. And then all of a sudden, uh, well, I'll tell you, let's back up. Let's back up right here. Back up with me to two pages to Luke chapter three, Luke chapter three, verse 21. Jesus is 30 years old. And now remember, he, he's a good Jewish boy, but no big deal. Uh, Luke 3, 21, all the people were baptized. It came to pass. Jesus also was baptized. So he gets in line and gets baptized by John the baptizer. While he prayed, the heaven opened. The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. A voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. What happened right there? That's when the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus. Now, let me help you with the language. A lot of people, you see pictures of Jesus with a dove on his shoulder. The language is not, does not say that it was of the form of a dove. It, the language says it came down like a dove would come down, but the Holy Spirit came in bodily form yeah. and he came down on Jesus. And uh, this is at his baptism. So now the Holy Spirit is upon him. Verse chapter four, verse one, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan. Where was he filled with the Holy Spirit at? just got baptized. All right. Immediately. He's, this is when he starts his ministry right here and he goes to his home church. He was raised, anybody know what town he was raised in? Nazareth. So he goes to his home church. They have, actually on a Sunday, they had synagogue on, excuse me, Saturday. And he goes in there and he asks to preach that day. 
He asked him if he can be the preacher that day. It's unusual. It'd be sort of like a, you know, if we had a carpenter went to church here Sunday, I stand up and he says, could I preach today? And for some reason they let him. So here's what he does. In Luke chapter four, verse 16, he came to Nazareth where he'd been raised up his hometown. As his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath, which is Saturday, and he stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah. And he had opened the book. He found the place where it's written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Did we just read that? You saw that now? He, now remember, they didn't have books like this. You were handed one book at a time, but it wasn't a book, it was a scroll. You know, the entire Bible was huge. So they hand him this scroll, he got a pulpit bigger than this. You take that scroll, you roll it out and you turn it like this. And finally he got to the 61st chapter and watch what Jesus said. He said to the, now remember he's talking in his home church. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he, re, he goes on and quotes a little bit more of it. And they all knew it. They said, yeah, we, we've been reading that for you. We, we're, we're waiting on him. The Messiah's coming. When's he going to be here? Watch what happens in the next verse. Verse 20, he closed the book, handed it back to the attendant. He sat down. The eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled. You know what he said? I'm him. I'm the one you've been waiting on all these years. And they were stunned because we know from Mark 6 that they didn't believe it. But Jesus said, I'm him. I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's here. What did Jesus have to do before he could help people? He had to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. He couldn't do it. And up until this point, he was just a good young man. Do you understand that Jesus did not help people because it, he was the son of God? We got to get this. Jesus did not help people because he was the son of God. Jesus helped people because the Holy Spirit was upon him. Philippians 2 said he laid aside his divine privileges. Mm -hmm. He came to earth as a man. Jesus created the universe. All things were created by him and for him. But when he left heaven and came through that little virgin's womb, he left his power in heaven. You say, well, how, how, do, how do you have all that power to heal the sick and raise the dead? The Holy Spirit is upon me. Yes, right. Jesus walked as a man on this earth, empowered by the Holy Spirit, not as God, although he was fully God. But he laid aside his privileges and left them in heaven. And he came and he walked as a man, the Holy Spirit upon him. Let me, let me, this troubles people a little bit. Turn with me to Acts chapter 10. Let me show you something. Acts chapter 10, this great, great verse. This is the job description of Jesus. Acts chapter 10. All right, you got the timeline. 700 years before Jesus is born, a prophet speaks and says, somebody's coming with the power of God. And then he tells what he's going to do. Jesus is born at 30 years old. He's baptized. That spirit comes upon him. He goes straight into the temple and he says, I'm here. Today, the scriptures fulfilled. Messiah is here. And you know what Jesus did. You've read about Jesus. You've read in the gospels. Look at Acts 10, 38, where it says this. God anointed, there's that word again, Jesus of Nazareth with what? With the Holy Spirit and power. When did he do it? At his baptism. He anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing what? Scaring people to death and freaking them out. He went about doing good and healing, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why was Jesus able to heal people? Because God, the Holy Spirit was with him. You see the picture here? So this precious Holy Spirit comes and gave Jesus the ability to help people. I don't want to turn back. Here's what I want you to learn. That turn that Isaiah chapter 61 again. Isaiah 61. Now, remember, this is 700 years before Jesus walks on the earth. Jesus walked on the earth 
How did Jesus do so many wonderful things? The spirit of God came upon him. All right, let me ask you this before we read this any further. Did Jesus go back to heaven one day? Y'all know the answer to that. He was crucified. He resurrected. He went back to heaven. What did he leave in this earth? Excuse me. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Who did he leave in this earth? John chapter 14, 15, 16. He said, I will pray my father and he will send you a helper. And he, it's not a force. He will be with you. He will guide you into all truth. He left the Holy Spirit in the earth. You say, well, the, I love, listen to, listen, to, let me tell you how crazy, how, how we got to get our thinking straight here. People say, man, I love Jesus. That Holy Spirit guy makes me nervous. It's the same guy. Listen to second Corinthians three. The Lord is the spirit. When Jesus said, I'm leaving, he said, I'm going away, but my father will send another helper. Listen to the next verse. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Well, is he sending the Holy Spirit or is he coming? Yes. Yes. I, t- I want you to amalgamate the precious Holy Spirit with the Son of God. They are the same. You know, I've had people say, well, I'm, God makes me nervous because he's, he's stern and the Holy Spirit, he's weird, but I really love Jesus. That is some messed up thinking right there. There is one God manifest in three persons. You say, explain that. Nobody can but you can believe it. Here's my whole point. I just want you to see this. If you love Jesus, that is the Holy Spirit. They are the same. There's no, they're the same. All right. Now in Isaiah 61, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. And I'm going to show you what the Holy Spirit does. He said, no, and he makes it very clear. It's a very clear list. The Holy Spirit has come to me and he's powered me. And here's what the Holy Spirit does in the earth. All right, dear ones, for the rest of your life, turn back to Isaiah 61 and say, let me see if that's what the Holy Spirit does. Because here's the list of what he does. Number one, Isaiah 61, uh, verse one, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me to preach bad news to the wicked. What does the word say? Hebrew, glad tidings, good news. Tell me what the Holy Spirit brings. Does he scare you? Does he beat you up? Good news. Then if it's the Holy Spirit, it'll be good news. What's the first word God ever spoke to people after Jesus was born? He spoke them to shepherds, which are redneck cowboys with the wrong animal. He spoke them to them on a hillside and the angel appeared. What'd they say? Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which is to every hook, crook. It don't matter who you are. Anybody can come. Then listen to me. The voice of the Holy Spirit is good news that brings if it scares you spitless, it ain't him. That's right. He said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news. There was a, I love Billy Graham's heading on his stationery. Everything says always good news. Amen. You said, well, what about when you're talking about sin? <laughs> my doctor called yesterday. She said, you know, that thing I took off the other day, it is cancer. I was just a little skin cancer. She said, it is cancer. And said, uh, you're going to, you got cancer. Said, I'm going to send you to the surgery center. We'll get it cut out. You'll be fine. You say, that's terrible. No, that's good news. That's good news. news. I'm going to live. Might not be good for y'all, but it's good for me. I'm going to live. Yeah, we got to cut that thing up, but that's good news. Listen, everything he does ultimately is good news. If he says, son, the way you spoke to them, that's sin. That's good news. I can repent and we can have a relationship. The Holy Spirit brings good news. I'm I'm, going to go ahead and I'm going to get crazy. The Holy Spirit smiles. 
I just thought I'd throw that in, a lot of misrepresentation on that too. Number one, number one, number one is the Holy Spirit always brings number two. Number two, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. People have been crushed in life through divorce, the way their fathers treated them, the way they've been rejected by people that they thought loved them. Life beats people up and it hurts their hearts. It wounds their hearts. Tell me what the Holy Spirit does. He takes away the pain. He heals the heart. Dear ones, the precious Holy Spirit, he can just come and, and just your heart's healed. He just, mm, he's just healing. We had a little couple in our friends of ours that were tied to our church, lost a baby last week. And I just checked on a little while ago. And you know, it's, it's the ultimate heartache for a parent, but they said the Holy Spirit is so present there to heal their hearts. Listen to me, if it's the Holy Spirit, tell me the word. What's the word? Healing. He's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. The Holy Spirit don't break hearts. He don't wound people. He heals wounded people. So if you went somewhere and they said they were in the Holy Ghost and they hurt you, wrong Holy Ghost. Will the real Holy Spirit please stand up? He's a healer right there. Right there. You can see it in the Bible. The Spirit of the Lord heals people's broken hearts. That's why I want everybody to know Jesus so they can get healed. And heart level and the garbage in their past can be fixed and, and the wounds of I, I was talking to a lady a while back. I've done this several times. And I said, uh, she said, well, I'm divorced. I said, I'll find your husband. Oh my gosh. I mean, the fangs came out. If she'd had a gun, I'd be dead. And I said, I sense a little discomfort here. Well, it's not that men are terrible. All of them. All the time. Her heart was wounded. And she's not going to risk it again. Our heart needs to be healed. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You say, well, I talked to him. He's the one that did the healing. Even through your words, he heals people. All right, I, I got to hurry here. Number three, to proclaim bondage to the idiots. This is crazy. Tell me what the Holy Spirit does. He brings liberty to the captives. He opens prison doors. He don't put you in religious bondage. I meet so many people in religious bondage. They think if they smiled, they'd be in trouble. If they didn't have a certain outfit on, if they didn't act just right, you need to loosen up, sunshine. The precious Holy Spirit, what does he do? He breaks the chains of cancel sin. He sets the prisoners free. If you're hooked on pornography, he don't beat you up. He sets you free. Alcohol, drugs, you know, stupidity. He sets you free from anything. Can you see clearly that he is a liberator? I've never understood for the life of me. People go in, normal people go in church and the Holy Spirit's not a straitjacket. No. Where the Spirit, here's my verse, here's my verse. I love this. I try not to say I love it, but I do love it. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. How do you know where the Holy Spirit is? I saw grandma wallowing in the floor and she was, no, no, no. I'm not against that. Waller, I don't care. Don't waller on me. How do you know where the Holy Spirit is? 2 Corinthians 3, 17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He makes people free. He sets them free from their addictions, their bondages. There's a difference here. Now, Jesus quoted this a little different in Luke 4. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor in spirit, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captive free, give sight to the blind and liberate the oppressed. What's the difference in captive free, liberated, oppressed? I thought it was the same thing. No, set the captive free. That's when you did something that got you in trouble. Drug addiction, 
Oppressed is when somebody else did something to you that's keeping you in bondage. Either way, free is free. And he sets people, I just swear the spirit of the Lord is just freedom. I never understood. You know, I came out of rock and roll. I had a rock band before I got saved. And, and you know, just, I just, God, I'm, I'm the only white man got this kind of rhythm, I know. And just so excited. And, and, and then I got saved. They told me, said, okay, no more rock and roll. I thought, well, beat's going to hell. Buy you some organ music. Get some albums with some organ music. Listen to that organ music all the time. I thought, golly. And I, you see, I got out of rock and roll. Nobody, they didn't teach me right. I, I didn't know that Jesus was my rock and he rolls my blues away. I could go back in that kind of rock and roll. I didn't know that. And man, the truth is, who should be dancing of anybody on this earth? And I, be, I even know Christians that know the Bible. They sort of, gosh, they just loved. And I'm not just talking about dance. They, they, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. He sets people free from religious bondage. He, you just... Oh, I'm going to put WD-40 and sprinkler in the air. Essentially, just loosen the whole crowd up. He's real close to WD-40. That's what he is. He, he liberates people. L listen to me. Has he hurt anybody in here yet? Has he wounded anybody? Good news, healing, freedom. That's the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's just that precious. I got to hurt. I'm going to be in trouble. I ain't, I ain't got that much freedom. Verse two. Watch this. I love this. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Golly, that's the message of the Holy Spirit. He, listen, quit smoking, quit cussing, quit drinking. That may be good advice. That's not his message. What message does the Holy Spirit bring? It is the acceptable year of the Lord. That don't mean nothing to you because you don't know what it is. But Jesus quoted this also in Luke 14. All right, in that day, you can look us up in Leviticus 25. I think his verses about 12 through 18 in Leviticus. They had what was called the year of Jubilee. Anybody ever heard of Jubilee? If you're old, you remember Sunday morning gospel hour, Jubilee, remember that stuff. It was the year of Jubilee. It was the acceptable year of the Lord. And it's all so-called the year of the Lord's favor. It was a set year. All right, here's what happened. Uh, seven years times seven years, every 49 years on the 50th year, God declared Jubilee or the acceptable year of the Lord. And in that year, anything you lost was automatically given back to you. All right, say you had the family farm and you were a terrible farmer and you lost the family farm, it went into bankruptcy. When Jubilee rolled around, they had to hand it back to you, no strings attached. God gives you back what you lost. If you had become an indentured servant and you were in trouble and you offered yourself into slavery and you became an indentured slave, which happened back then, you had to be a slave until the year of Jubilee. First day of Jubilee, you're a free man. You don't have to pay for it, nothing. Tell me what the Holy Spirit brings. He brings this message. God's gonna give you back what even you threw away. That's what the year of Jubilee is. The Holy Spirit comes and says, and you're going to see in here, did, did you lose your dignity and your honor through the things you did? I'm, I've come to give it back to you and you don't have to pay for it. Jesus paid for it. That's the year, of, that's the acceptable year of the Lord. See, I thought, when you, I thought when you became a God person, you had to give all kinds of stuff up. He's not here to announce what you've got to give up. He's here to announce what God wants to give you. That's the favor, that's called the year of the Lord's favor of the favorable year of the Lord. So listen, when people are beating you up because you're enjoying your life, they need a new Holy Spirit. He's come to bring a message of the giftedness of God. And that's sort of like that. Uh, you know who gets mad about the Holy Spirit? The elder brother. Remember the prodigal son? All he had to do is just come just as I am. And the father, listen, I love, I love, me and him was talking about this this morning. He did not give him new clothes. He said, bring out the best clothes. 
I want him to wear the best suit I got. Bring him my heart shafter and marks out here and put it on him. And give him a ring. New shoes. Son, you need some new shoes. And don't, don't go down to <clears throat> sheets. Kill the fatted calf. And who got mad about that? Religious people are always mad about the kindness of God to people who don't deserve it. That's the Holy Spirit. He just gives things to people that don't deserve it. Do you think I deserve the blessing of God on my life? Son, I'm running on the, I'm using Jesus' credit card for everything. That's the acceptable year of the Lord. Number five, look at me in verse two. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. We need a comforter in this land. Who's the greatest comforter you ever met? You could say, I think it'd be my grandma. Man, when I was hurt and I could go to my grandma, she'd sit out with me, she'd put her arm around me and she'd love me and she could just make me feel better. That's a comforter. When you're hurting, somebody makes you feel better. You say, it was my mom or my dad or something. Let me tell you the greatest comforter you ever get around is. This is 1 Corinthians chapter, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter one. Thanks be unto God, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in every trouble we face. He's the greatest comfort in the world. Matter of fact, listen to what Jesus said in John 14, 16. I'm going away, but I will pray to the Father and he will send you another comforter. Man, when you're, if you get to know the Holy Spirit when you're hurting, and, and we all get, everybody gets hurt. Welcome to life. Welcome to a sinful planet. And you get wounded, you get hurt. So I think some people get hurt a little more than some of us. Some of us are just tough. But everybody gets stung once in a while. You just get alone and you just wait on the Holy Spirit and he'll come and he'll put his quote arm around you. All those, but he'll just take the hurt right out of your heart. It's a comforter. All right, does the Holy Spirit scare people spitless? What does he do? He comforts people. Do you know anybody needs any comfort today? That's him. How many of you vote? We've been, I think we've seen five so far. How many of you so far so good with this guy? Yeah. Nothing scared me in there. I like everything he does. Let's go a little bit further here. Number six, this is one of my all-time favorites. Here's what the Holy Spirit does. To give them beauty for ashes. Tell me what the Holy Spirit does to people. Does he make them mad? Does he, does he, I'm so sorry. Don't put on a black dress and put your hair in a bun and, and buy orthopedic hose. Don't do that stuff. Golly. I, I know I've got some preacher friends that don't believe women ought to wear makeup and I, several years ago, I got to speak at the, you know, the big time honky-tonking Mary Kay Convention Center at the Grand over in Greensboro. They invited me to be the speaker over there. Well, I pulled up 1,000 pink Cadillacs in that parking lot. I parked my old ratty truck right in the middle of them. You listen to me. You think you've seen shine before? You go in there where 1,000 Mary Kay sales ladies are competing with one another to see who can shine the brightest. I had the best time. I preached that night on the sin of not wearing makeup. We had the best time. Golly. I believe, well, boys too. Boys do the best you can for what you got. I believe girls ought to wear bright colors. There are bright colors in the throne room of God. On his very throne, every color of the rainbow is around it. And, and uh, paint it up. I don't care. I'll tell you, if they get mad, tell them, come see me. And I told you to do it. Paint it up, sister. Have a, I don't care. I'm being silly here, but let me tell you something. I love this verse, Ecclesiastes 3.11. God makes all things beautiful. If you ever look at a marriage and you say, that is a beautiful marriage, Holy Spirit's there. You know what beauty for ashes, you know what ashes are, don't you? 
We burned it to the ground. We lost it. We blew it up. Holy Spirit comes where things have been destroyed and damaged. What does he do? He turns destruction into beauty. He doesn't turn beauty into destruction, dear ones. All right, let me go off on something here. People claim to have the whole, 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 whole Holy Ghost. Get your car cranked. And they'll go into church and they'll tear it all to pieces. Not the Holy Ghost of this Bible. He makes things beautiful. When you see a family and you look at that family and they're around the table or they're loving each other, you just say, that's what families ought to be right there. That's the Holy Spirit's ministry. He don't just do religion, dear ones. He gets out to church on occasion. The Bible said, God said, let there be, remember this part, let there be originally. And the Holy Spirit was brooding over the waters. Who actually created this earth? The Spirit of God makes it. If you see the beauty in nature, his signature's on the bottom. He makes everything beautiful. People who are wounded and broken and bitter and angry or just broken, you let them have enough time with him and before long, they'll glow in the dark. I'm just telling you, he makes things beautiful. He don't leave things in an ugly mess. How many people have I known were just a mess? And by the time you give him time, because sometimes he works a little slow. Case. You give him time, he'll take the mess and he'll make it beautiful. That's, just, that's what he does. It's his ministry. Number seven. All right. I love, now, all right, we're going to go off on this one right here. To give them beauty for ashes is in verse three. The oil of joy for church. Excuse me, morning. The oil of joy for morning. Do you see that word joy right there? If there's one word you can associate with the Holy Spirit, guess what it'd be? You wouldn't notice going into churches sometimes. But there was anytime you see the word Holy Spirit, you're gonna see the word joy there. How many of you believe the disciples in the book of Acts, chapter two, remember that? Acts chapter two in the book of Acts. Is that not where the Holy Spirit showed up? Yep. Jennifer, you're a scholar. Is that where the Holy Spirit showed up? Showed up. Thank you. Got my clarification there. <laughs> the Holy Spirit showed up in the book of Acts. Did the Bible say the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit? Yep. Let me quote it to you exactly. And the disciples were all filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. That's right. Every place you see the Holy Spirit, you're going to see joy. I just think we need more joy in the land today. Preach. It's not just because joy is more fun than sucking eggs. <laughs> Although it is. Yes. Here's the little secret found in the book of Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Yes. Lose your joy. Lose your strength. Lose your strength. Yes. The Holy Spirit is pure joy. Yeah. I, I just, I watched this famous church I spent a couple months ago. I watched one of their services, about a thousand people in there. They're all sitting real tight. And uh, they just panned the crowd. Everybody looked like they had been stuffed with a curtain rod and vaccinated with pickle juice. I mean, nobody, if they'd have wiggled their ear, it'd have been out of body experience. They just, they were so sad. And they were singing, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I thought, What? I'm, I'm sorry. You, you say, well, everybody gets to worship like they want to. No, they don't. <laughs> Got to do it the way that book says. Now, here's my point. Holy Spirit, pure joy. Mm -hmm. he, 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 have you ever, you know what morning is, don't you? Morning's when you've lost something. Yeah. Guess what he does? The Holy Spirit doesn't, he takes the morning away and he fills people with joy. I, I want to make an announcement. He's good. Yeah, he, he gives joy for morning. And uh, I, I just... I don't know what the problem is here. Let me make this announcement. I love this. I almost said it again. Concerning the joy of the Holy Spirit, listen to this. I know a lot of people think that like God don't believe in gladness. He created it. 
It's all around his throne right now. If you went to heaven right now, you'd go, dang, they having fun up here. <laughs> I'm not making that up. Read the book of Revelations where you can look in there. I love, I love it. <laughs> Psalm 46, four, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. Right. Guess what that river's name is? That, what's the river that runs through the Bible? Precious Holy Spirit, when he comes there, is joy unspeakable, full of glory. Simon called it in his book. I'd, I'll never forget this. A friend of mine went to a meeting and he said, uh, the guy who stood up, I'm not gonna tell you his name because I don't want to divide the crowd. There's about 800 of us, maybe a thousand. And he said, the Holy Spirit of God decided to throw a party tonight, so brace yourself. I thought, hmm. I didn't even know we went to him, much less throwed him. And he throwed one that night. And people, they just, just with no flesh jacking it up, people just got, they, we used, in our little church of God years ago, we called it getting happy in the Lord. And that old men would dance and we'd just get so happy in the Lord. And the Holy Spirit just came down. Everybody just got happy in the Lord and they smiled, they laughed, they celebrated and nobody had to work it up. Yeah. It's, it's out of order. Whose order? Whose order? Haven't you read the Bible? Never mind. He brings joy. I got to go. I just want you to know this. Look, look right here. Look right here. Learn something from me. Holy Spirit, joy. Yes. Them two together. And I don't know anybody couldn't use a little bit more. It, it'd be good to have. So it, now remember, listen, we're looking at this is the Holy Spirit right here. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. This is what he does to people. Number eight, look down with me. Uh, oh, 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 number seven it says the oil of joy for morning. Watch this. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God have mercy. If we ever needed something in our lives in this day right now, I'm telling you there is a spirit of heaviness on this land. It, it is a smothering spirit of heaviness. For I just see it in people. People are just burdened. You know, heaviness means your weight burdened. Well, what does he do for the people that are just struggling today? Listen to me. Listen to me. Why are you staring right at me? Listen to me. He doesn't take the circumstances away. He gives you the Holy Spirit in the middle of it. Right. He gives you the garment of praise for the Spirit of hell. Right, let me teach you how this works. Uh, dear ones, the Holy Spirit's available to every believer. Mm -hmm. That's true. He's in you. Yeah. If you're born again, He's inside of you. Know you not that your body is the very temple of the Holy Spirit? He's right here. Yeah. He's inside of me. But listen to me. He can be in there and me not know it. True. He can be in there and not be ministering. Do you understand? I mean, I mean my mother-in-law can move in the back of the house. We'd never know it. Unless she comes out and shows herself. Are y'all with me here? You can have the Holy Spirit inside of you and him not do you a bit of good. You got to tell him, come out of the bedroom. Come in, here and, come in here in the living room. Talk to us. You say, where's that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Second Timothy chapter one, verse six. Stir up the gift of God that is in you. Do you know who Timothy was? He's the fellow that First and second Timothy were written to. He didn't write them, they were written to him. And uh, his brother Paul, his father Paul wrote him. He was in a terrible church. They was beating the pudding at him. Old ladies, I mean, the elder women were rough on him. It was so bad, he had an ulcer. That's, true. that's why I told him, drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. A lot of folks, that's one of their favorite verses. I'm gonna get some wine for my stomach's sake. <laughs> they were beating a tar out of him in that church. He sends his beloved brother, his father, his father in faith, Paul said, he sent him a note, said, send me to a country church, I'm out of here. He wanted to leave. His father sent him a note back, said, you ain't going nowhere. This is what he said in 1 Timothy 4, 14. Why are you neglecting the gift of God that's in you? Wow. He said, he's in there, but you're not letting him help you. Yep. 
And he told him in 2 Timothy 1, 6, stir it up, son. Stir up the gift of God that's within you and let him just break forth and fill you with his joy and his peace. Tell him, old ladies, leave you alone, start dancing. It's exactly what he said. All right. So if he's in me, but he's not helping me, I need to stir him up. How you stir him up. This isn't, read it right there. He's given me the garment of praise praise for the spirit of heaviness. You're under this weight. Life's such a burden to you. Don't stay under there. Praise God. I mean, you don't have to come to church. Just rare. You don't have to be able to sing good either. You don't even have to know the words. Just rare. I make songs up all the time by myself. They don't, and they don't have to rhyme because nobody's listening. Just rare back and say, Jesus, oh, this is so hard. I'm not going to say help me. I'm going to say, get ready. And I'm going to praise my way out of it. I'm going to grab that little devil by the tail and say, you ain't going to know it. You're going to stay here and listen to it. Because when you start praising God, that spirit of heaven just wants to get the heck out of Dodge is what he wants to do. I'm, I'm telling you this, do this. We keep waiting on something happening. He's waiting on you. He's giving you the garment of praise. Put it on. You got to put it on and you got to stir it up. I just, you just sing and sing your heart out or just say it. Just praise his name and sing and dance. Nobody's looking. If you fall down, get up and keep dancing. I don't care if you clap and miss. It don't matter. Just praise his name. You can praise your way right into glory. Bill Gaither, the guy that did 159 videos and got rich on him. You remember him? He did one one time, listen to this, called Sing Your Blues Away. That's right. Sing, and he talked about singing your blues away. Well, that's what he meant. Stir up the gift within you. And I've watched. I've watched this. Matter of fact, I watched it on that video to see if they could do it. Got all them gospel singers around there. You know what a gospel singer is, don't you? That's four men dressed alike pointing at something nobody else can see. So they're all sitting around there, a whole bunch of them, all them big gals with them poofy hairdos. And they're sitting all around in there. And uh, they, just look, they just look normal. You know, they're just... You know, you get all them stars in a room together like that. Somebody got the lead. I saw Bill Gates started to keep them behaving. And I watched him and he, they started singing. And old Anthony Berger, he got to playing the piano out of order. He out of order, played it too loud. And the, I watched him start singing and they got to singing. And boy, before long, you saw him start smiling. Yeah. And then before long, you saw him, they quit acting snooty and snotty. And then before long, what's her name? Vestal. Vestal jumped up, whooped out her handkerchief. She got to waving that handkerchief and then I watched them. They was elbowing each other, laughing. Pretty soon they was all standing up, just praying. You just watched it come over them. And you watched that old worldly heaviness just get off of them. He said, well, I ain't been invited to one of them. You don't have to be invited nowhere. Same Holy Spirit that was in that room that day lives inside of you right now. And he's giving you, listen, he gives people the garment of praise to crunch the spirit of heaviness. But you got to stir it up. I'm not going to tell you about jump starting a studio back here. I ain't got time. We got to go. That's what we did when his boy had to jump start it to go anywhere. All right. <clears throat> Look with me. Verse two more. Verse four. Three more. What's these words? They shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities. What's the three words? Rebuild, raise up, repair. People that have the Holy Spirit and are walking with him, they don't tear up. They raise up. They don't destroy. They rebuild. What do you see in that verse right there? We need the Holy Spirit of God to build our families back again, build our futures back again. Wherever the Holy Spirit is, he's going to raise stuff up. He raises up things that have been destroyed. Anything destroyed in this nation right now? Are we having trouble with race relations in this nation right now? Have we been divided terribly? Let me tell you where the answer is. 
for a bunch of people to walk in the Holy Spirit and be filled with him and rebuild what we destroyed in our races and our racial disagreement. He's the only one that can fix this mess. I don't know who won elections and all that stuff last night. Let me tell you something. It really don't matter when it comes to fixing the land. Policies might be changed, but only the Holy Spirit can fix the human heart. And we need him desperately to bring things back. He's a rebuilder. He's a repair and a restorer. Number nine, verse seven. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Holy Spirit takes people to disgrace themselves, ruin their lives. Nobody wants to be around them. And before long, people will respect them. People will honor them. I've seen girls. I was watching the other night, a little girl. She'd been a little girl. She's 30 years old. She'd been a prostitute for years, high-powered prostitute for years. She said, my family was terrible. Nobody wanted to be around me anymore. She said, but I was making so much money. She met Jesus and she is, she looks as innocent as a seven-year-old child. You know why? What does he do? He gives you double honor. He takes the shame away and brings honor back into people's lives. I've known men that were a disgrace to their families and their children. They met Jesus before long. Their kids said, my dad is the greatest man I ever knew. God brings honor back where we lost. And who's, who's behind all this stuff? Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because this is what he does. I'm gonna show you one more, one more real quick. <clears throat> I don't know what that means. Verse nine, their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles, their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge him. They are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. When the Spirit of God's working in your life, people don't look at you and say, here comes that fruitcake again. <laughs> is that what it says? People will look at you and say, God has blessed that person. People will see the blessing of God on your life. People can sit. Now listen, who gets credit for all this? The precious Holy Spirit. This is what he does. Rest of your life, Isaiah 61. This is the picture of what the true Holy Spirit does. Now let me tell you, this is not everything he does. And to be honest with you, he does things sometimes I don't understand. I don't care. But listen to me. He never does anything contrary to that book. And that's who he is right there. Now, can I ask you a question? The 10 things I showed you right there, who has a problem with that? Who has a problem with people getting healed in their hearts? Who has a problem with families becoming honorable again? This is what Jesus does in the earth by the power of the Holy Spirit, all right? Here we go. This is where I'm fixing to get everybody. Good, I got three minutes. It's time to get out of here. Somewhere between the lunatic craziness of folks that, And the dry death that's in some churches, somewhere between two, these two extremes is the beauty of the true spirit of God working in people's lives. Yes, yes, yes. All right. I want to, I want to make a case and see if you agree with what I'm fixing to say. I mean, he is beautiful. He makes all things beautiful. We need to pray this prayer right here out of the Psalm. Let the beauty of the Lord, our God be upon us. Yes. That's what the Holy Spirit does. I want to make a case for you. All right, here's the test. Rest of your life. Here's here's how you know somebody is filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, do they speak in tongues? I know people speak in tongues. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not knocking tongues. I promise you, I pray in tongues more than y'all. But here's the deal, dear ones. What is the, this is just from the scriptures. Let me show you the test of people who really walk in the Spirit. Here's the test. They are attractive to the common man. They're attractive people. You would be drawn, if, if a person was really walking in the Spirit, you'd be drawn to them. You'd, you'd say things like, I don't know what they got, but I'd like to have it. Yeah. You say, well, that, that's if you're a Christian. If you're a pagan, you'd be drawn to them. True. Yeah. Let me build a case. Perhaps you've never heard this before. Turn with me to Luke 15. Hurry up, we've got a minute and a half. Time's running out. 
You know I don't mean nothing. Luke 15. I want to ask you a question. See if you see this in scripture. Here it is. Here's the test. People that walk in the spirit are attractive to people. Lost people want to be around them. People are attracted to them. People are drawn to them. See if you can see this in Luke chapter 15. This is talking about Jesus. Luke chapter 15. He is in the city of Jerusalem right now. Then all, guess what the Greek word for all means? All the what? Tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. Got it? Every single sinner in that city wanted to be near Jesus. All the sinners were magnetized to Jesus. They wanted to be near him. They drew, you said it's because he was healing people. Read it again. They just wanted to be near him and listen to him. There was something about the man Jesus that people just, that people were attracted to this man. They were drawn, there was something about him that just drew people to him. You know the stories of Jesus all through the gospels. Thousands followed the man. That's why he would say, make a boat ready for me so they don't crush me. People grabbed for this man all the time. He was the most, he just drew people. Why was it? You say, well, Brother Brian, it was because he was Jesus Christ. It was not. I can prove it. It was not. Up until 30 years old, nobody wanted to be around him. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. The Bible said he walked in honor with God and man. He was a good, fine man. People weren't attracted to him at 29. Nobody knew who he was. He just built his little tables and his chairs and loved his mother and went to synagogue and he's just a good fella. And a matter of fact, if you want to look this up, Isaiah 53, 2 is the prophecy about Jesus growing up. He shall grow up as a tender plant out of parched ground. Listen to this. There was no attractiveness and no beauty in him that we would be drawn to him. In other words, he was just a common guy, just like a guy in here. Nobody flocked to him. What happened to him when he was 30 years old? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And after the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, you could not keep the crowds away from him. People were drawn to him. They were attracted to him. They were magnetized to him. What was it about Jesus that people were so drawn to? I mean, they, they fought to get sinful people, crooks, hookers, wanted to be around this man. What was it? the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit of God resting on Jesus that just drew people to him. Let me make an announcement. That Holy Spirit that's on Jesus, he's the one in the earth today. I love you, but I'm fixing to brutalize you for just a second. As my grandpa says, it's all right, son, it'll feel better when it quits hurting. (laughs) Let me make an announcement. If you try to talk to people and they run from you and your family rolls their eyes when you come around, and people do everything they can to stay away from you. And he says, because I'm so holy, they can't take the holiness. Mm. No, it ain't. It's because you're so weird, they can't take no more of it. Mm. This is great preaching, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm being a little bit cute, but I'm going to tell you something. We've got to knock it off. Sinners were magnetized to Jesus because of the Holy Spirit. They still are. And you'll be drawn to them. I mean, you just, if you saw this guy, you would chase him forever. Precious Holy Spirit. All right, I got to quit. That's the introduction to him. All I wanted to say tonight was, he's not as weird as your Aunt Sadie makes him out to be. I hope you ain't got no Aunt Sadie or I'm fried. One more experience and I'm done, I think. Um, all right, I, I, I got saved. And I was in a certain denomination that didn't put a lot of emphasis on the Holy Spirit. They didn't want anything to do with him, really. They warned you, stay with me, people. But I knew, I knew, I knew I needed help. 
I knew being saved wasn't. I loved God, but I needed help. I needed the love of God. I needed, I needed liberating. And I knew there was more to it because I'd read the Bible and I read about this Holy Spirit. So I started sneaking out of my corral and sneaking over to them corrals, church, where they claimed to have the Holy Spirit. And uh, they, they told me how bad they were. I told my preacher one time, just, he said, son, them people foam at the mouth and handle snakes. Stay away from them. I never saw nobody foam at the mouth. And uh, I began to see some. I began to see, yeah, there's some weirdoness. There's weirdoness in this church. Can I get a witness? Wearing a flowery Hawaiian shirt in November. What's the matter with you? But I saw a love that I didn't see in other places. I saw a joy and I, it may just be because I love to dance. They, they wasn't vaccinated with nothing. I mean, them people danced in them churches and they were so happy and I thought, hmm, so good. So I'd started dating my wife, the one, my, one I'm married to. I mean, that didn't come out right. We're married now. My current sweetheart, who has been for 42 years, started dating her and I thought, and she was out of the same camp I was. And I said, She's got to find out about this precious Holy Spirit because I'm going to introduce her to it slowly. So I found a little Holy Ghost church near where we were going to college at the Baptist College. I said, I'm going to slip her over there, introduce her to this crowd. She's going to say, thank you. I thought, yeah. So I took her over there and I declare to my grandma's drawers, it's the sightest thing I ever saw in that church. They did everything except right. I mean, old ladies duck walked and hollered and squealed and the preacher screamed the whole time and they were banging the floor. I kept waiting for the snakes to come out of the box in the pulpit. It was the, all in the name of the Holy Ghost. We got and she said, you brought me to this? I thought, well, I'll never get it going with me again. I done burned the ground for sure. Now, you understand what I'm saying here? I just, I plead with you, don't let anybody give the precious Holy Spirit a bad rap. There ain't nothing bad about him. He is wonderful. Amen. Pursue him all your life. Yeah. He is your life. He's your strength. He's everything you need. Get to know him. You say, I don't, I don't really know how to get to know him. Listen to me. He wants to get to know you and help you more than you want to get to know him. All you have to do is just say to him humbly, talk to me. Yeah. I need you. Mm-hmm. When I open this book, speak to me. How much more shall your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? That's all I need to know right there. I realized I didn't have to go to some church in the backwoods where they was flinging snakes and you didn't have to wear a black dress and you didn't have to do the duck walk. You know what the duck walk is. You remember the duck walk? You don't remember this. The duck walk, certain time in the... Go ahead and cut the camera. I'm going to get killed here. And there's a certain time everybody had to do the duck walk in church. Oh, and I just thought, you're going to get a crick in your neck walking around like that. I'm sure enough, I'm going to get some, my inbox tomorrow morning to be a whop like that right there. I love the precious Holy Spirit. But let me tell you what, Nita, you need to do everything you've seen in your life the same way you do listening to me preach. You ready? Eat the meat, throw the bones away. Do not throw the baby out with the bathwater. He's in there. Just, just go for the good stuff. Let the junk go. He's in there. All right, I better talk to him and explain everything I've said tonight. Lord Jesus, I love you with all my heart. You're the most beautiful in all the world. There's only one, the word beauty just describes you and your precious spirit more than anything else. Thank you for the goodness of the Lord. 
I will rejoice in the Lord for he has been good to me. And I want to pray that prayer. This, what a prayer you gave us to pray. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. I want to praise you and thank you that the spirit of the Lord is here and upon us. I pray for these folks to hear good news from the Holy Spirit that brings great joy. You know, I love to pray for these people, Lord. I pray that he will heal their broken hearts, set them free of their bondage, liberate their oppressions, bring beauty where there are ashes, joy for the morning, rebuild the broken homes. Precious Holy Spirit, I love you. I love you. Everything you do, do it in this house with these folks right here. What a prayer. What a friend. What a Savior is our great Savior. Lord Jesus, we love you and praise you. Thank you that when you went back to heaven, you left us the one person on this earth that could get us through and help us. May he be glorified. I pray for every person here. Draw them to your spirit. I want them to taste the goodness of the Lord. I trust you for that. Jesus is wonderful. In his precious name we pray. Amen.